You're listening to episode 76 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about redefining your self-worth and self-love. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. All right, so it is self-love month here at Body You Crave. So for the next few weeks and the next few episodes, I'm gonna talk about how to improve and strengthen your relationship with yourself. And this episode is titled after a lyric and one of my new favorite songs. It's called Take You There by Jack Yu featuring Kiza, which I think that's how you say their name. Totally not sure. But previously, I was going to call this episode something like redefining your worthiness, which is definitely still something we have to do, but I really want to challenge you to give yourself more love this month. Okay, because feeling enough is one of my core desires, and in the past, it's been one of my core triggers. And so I've had this feeling like I wasn't enough just for who I am, and instead I had to earn it somehow. I had to earn it, prove it. I had to achieve something. And so even though nobody ever told me that I had to earn or achieve something in order to feel more loved or more accepted, that's what I picked up. And so from a young age, that's what my brain was making things mean. So subconsciously, it was love me because I got an A. I scored a goal. I won the game. I look a certain way. I got into this college. I got this kind of job. I make this much money. And we can see how it plays out. And there's this evolution as it grows from what started from a very early age as maybe seemingly harmless or small into really defining who you are based on your accomplishments and not feeling good enough unless you are constantly achieving and striving and succeeding. The challenge with this too is that once we get out of high school, out of college, we start failing a lot more in life and we are not set up to handle and to assess and figure out that failure, whether it's in our career path, starting a business, running a marathon, in weight loss, There are so many areas in which failure is part of the process and it gets us closer to our goal. But if we are constantly looking at earning, striving, achieving, and then we aren't getting it, especially in the timeframe that we want, it can really do a number on our mindset and our self-love. And so what I ended up learning is that if I achieved these things, it meant I was better. I was more acceptable. I was more lovable. Somehow that made me better. And so the problem is twofold here. Number one, it leaves us constantly striving for perfection, always needing to do, earn, achieve more and more. And two, feeling like we're not good enough if we don't hit these arbitrary standards, whether they were set for us by somebody else directly or we just inferred and picked them up on our own. And so what if you are already, and so I love this question. And so I was listening to a replay. And so I was listening to a podcast a few months ago, actually. And the, the person asked, what if you are already the best version of yourself right now? And I know that sounds counterintuitive because we're so used to tearing ourselves down in order to prompt us to create change. But that only leaves us striving, earning, and trying to prove and achieve ourselves with external circumstances. So often I hear this mantra of, I just want to become the best version of myself as if something about you right now is bad or wrong or not good enough. And that's a bunch of crap. because so often that's the place that we're trying to change ourselves from. We're changing because we think that 
down the road over there after we hit the goal, then I'll be good enough. But you still have to earn your enoughness with achievements. You have to earn it. You don't have it right now. You're not, there's something about you that is not good enough right now. And there are going to be some of you who are thinking, oh no, I'm great right now. I'm just getting better and better. And that's great. But I want to really speak to this concept of something about me is wrong and I'm becoming the best version because who I am right now isn't good enough. Because that can be the subtle undertone, whether we pick it up consciously or not. And we can see this in a variety of areas from losing weight, growing your business, getting a promotion, buying a nicer car or a bigger house. And there's nothing wrong with wanting any of these things, working towards any of these things. We just want to understand our motivations why. We want to like our reasons. So when we ask ourselves, why do you want to lose weight? And we really start to peel back the layers of why we like what we have to say. It's not so that I can feel better about myself. It's not because I think I'm going to be happier in a smaller body. I know I've said this before, but a smaller body doesn't fix a broken self concept. It's really hard to create a healthy relationship with yourself where you feel compassion and love and trust and worthiness when you think that you're broken that you've got all these things wrong with you and that you're never good enough. And that often leads us to striving for perfection, right? It's that constant, I'm striving for perfection, yet never feeling good enough. And that shit's freaking exhausting. Actually, that's one of the lines in my new Body You Crave journal. (laughs) When I talk about that, it's just this constant striving of let me earn it. I have to work for it. And this number on the scale has to prove something to me. It's this thought process around perfection of if I could just be perfect, then I would be enough. If I was just perfect, I could do all of the things and then I would be successful. I would get the results that I wanted. And that, unfortunately, is not always how the world works, even though that's what we like to think. (laughs) It takes a lot of trial and error and failure on the way to success. And this is what also has us stuck in tomorrow thinking. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start on Monday. I'll start at the first of the month because then I'll be perfect because then I'll do it just right. Then I can guarantee my success. So what if you are already the best version of yourself? You don't have to earn it with a smaller size, a lesser weight, amount of money in your bank account. It's not something out there for you to strive and seek and achieve. And I want you to think about this as there may be another version of you out there. She might be doing a little bit different things. She might be leveling up a little bit more. She might have slightly different habits, but that doesn't make her better as a human being. And so really trying to understand this concept of I am the best version of myself right now. And that doesn't have to stop me from growing. It doesn't stop me from learning. I think about the coach that I am today compared to last year, and I have grown and learned so much. I am definitely the best coach that I can be right now. But I know that a year from now and two years from now, I will still be able to continue saying that. (laughs) Because I am going to continue to hone in my skills and to get better at this craft, but it's not a benchmark on my value and doesn't mean that I am better as a human being. It's not this innate core worthiness and value. That is always there. I'm not a better person. I might have better skills, might have more refined skills. I might be able to see concepts and see things and coach people at a higher level, but that doesn't make me better as a human being. And so we really want to start to separate these things out as you are already the best version. And it's okay that there will be an up-leveling of skills and talents and things to come. 
One thing that I've also realized over the last year or so is that it's not always these big negative emotions that can get us down. It's these seemingly smaller ones, things like rejection, disappointment, discouraged, doubt. They don't seem so big or burdensome, but they can really derail our progress and our ability to try new things and ultimately our ability to create really big epic results in our life. Because what happens is we end up feeling rejected or disappointed by ourselves ahead of time before giving anyone else the opportunity to do it for us or before any other circumstance could do it. We fail or we give up before we even start. It's, I don't want to feel rejected if this doesn't happen, so I'm just going to give up and pretend like it's not happening and I just disappoint myself ahead of time. I end up creating the result of feeling disappointed before it's even happened because I'm afraid of it. Which is so ironic. But when we can really step back and see the bigger picture, oh, I was just afraid of being disappointed if I didn't hit this goal or if this event ended up not happening or it didn't go the way that I wanted. And so I'm going to be disappointed ahead of time. And I'm going to worry and stress and freak out about all the things that could go wrong or how it's not going to happen. The more that you can love yourself through the disappointment, through the rejection, through the fear, the more amazingness you're going to create in every part of life. And this means you have to be rooted in self-love. You have to be willing to feel these negative emotions and still talk nice to yourself, not beat yourself up with shame and guilt and self-loathing, or to think, I shouldn't still be struggling with this. I should be further along by now. I still shouldn't have this issue. There are things that I talked about with my coach over the last week or two that came up a year ago. And it's, oh yeah, I just needed that reminder. (laughs) I just needed that refresher. There are some patterns and some habits that are so ingrained, they will come up multiple times, especially when they're thought patterns and beliefs and there's a lot of emotion and oftentimes there's trauma stored in our body. Just having one epiphany moment doesn't change all of that. It doesn't change the habit brain and its normal autopilot responses. It does not change your default thinking on a dime, especially when those are really deeply ingrained and deeply rooted thoughts and beliefs. We've got to recognize this and be willing to allow myself to feel ashamed, to feel guilt, to feel regret, and to still talk nice to myself and to not throw myself under the bus. This is part of what it means to have your own back. This means that you are your biggest cheerleader. You are your biggest advocate and you can assess. You don't have to bury your head in the sand and pretend like everything is fine or nothing's gone wrong or oops, I'll just try harder tomorrow. No, no, no. We need to get clear about what's working and what's not. And not throw everything out as I didn't hit my goal, so therefore nothing is working. We need to look outside of the one result that you're trying to create at what else is working. And so often with clients, it's not just about the scale. We can get so caught up in the scale and they think it's working or it's not working based off of what the scale says. But really, there are a lot of other metrics to track. There's habits to track like sleep, water, stress levels, energy levels. You could be tracking how many minutes you've moved or how many steps you've taken. You can also track noticing different urges, noticing different thoughts. You can be tracking emotional eating patterns, noticing when you're eating and you're not hungry and you stop sooner. You notice it sooner. This is progress. This is success. This is winning. But you have to be willing to look at it directly and start to see, oh, I don't need to beat myself up for this. I don't have to just restrict harder. I can now take a look at it from this bigger picture And see, okay, here are the things that are going well. And regardless of what the scale does, I'm still finding success here. That is what we want to be doing. That is what self-love looks like. It's being able to 
truly assess with compassion and curiosity instead of beating yourself up. And this is the part of weight loss that nobody else talks about. And this is why I bring weight loss and life coaching together under one roof, because you don't eat in a vacuum. And if you're trying to earn your self-worth and value from your body, even if you do lose the weight, you will always be at the mercy of the scale. You will still be at war with food. You will just be terrified of gaining the weight back because of what you're going to make it mean about you, because you never learn to detach your self-worth from the scale. And then even if you do manage to keep the weight off, typically with a lot of fear, shame, guilt, remorse, a lot of restriction, your worth and value just move to something else that you need to achieve. So now you need to make more money. You need to get the promotion. You need to buy the bigger house. You need to have perfectly behaved children, or at least in public. And so if it's not one thing, it's another. And we have to learn to solve it once and for all so that it does not keep jumping from one thing to the next. And this is one thing that I realized was I really needed to work on my self-love game. There was always something that it hinged upon. And it was always something outside of myself. It was always something more than what I was thinking about me. It always hinged around what I was achieving and what I could do and what results I was creating, which goes all the way back to the beginning of this episode. We have to learn to give ourselves more love and more praise. A lot of people can be really afraid that they're going to get cocky or arrogant or they're going to act like certain people in their life that they really don't like who have these tendencies. And that is typically not the case here. Usually, if you are mindful and aware and you're like, oh, I don't really want to be cocky or I don't really want to be arrogant, that really rubs me the wrong way, it's highly unlikely you will ever get to that point because you are already thinking, you are already self-aware And that's the thing is that most people who are really cocky and arrogant or who have some different kinds of personality traits or disorders is that they lack self-awareness. You don't. And so that's a big differentiating factor that you can give yourself credit and, again, learn to trust yourself through this process. But the only way that you can achieve your goal is with self-love. You've got more love to give here, babe. So it is time to radically transform your relationship to food, body, and yourself. If you are ready to stop letting the scale dictate your self-talk, your mood, what you can and can't eat, and ultimately define you as a human being, then I would love to chat. You can schedule your free consultation at www.bodyyoucrave.com forward slash schedule, and I'll show you how to love yourself now and all the way down the scale so that you can break out of diet hell once and for all and keep the weight off for life. This means that we bring self-love into the process. We start loving and accepting ourselves and our bodies now. And as we grow and learn new skills and implement new habits, and we get better with the implementation of habits, we get better and better at our skills with what we're doing. I'm not a better human just because I have a smaller body size. That is what we really need to ingrain deeply within us. And it's going to take some reprogramming and rewiring of our brains and the way that we're thinking, the way that we're talking to ourselves. And this is the value of a coach is because so often we don't know how to do this. We've never been taught. We don't have any idea of what this looks like. And you can't teach yourself a new way of doing it if you don't know how to do it any differently. I was actually, side note here, I was talking to my sister the other week. And we were talking about discipline because our kids are about six months apart. They're very close in age. And so I was talking about how Caleb was getting a little more defiant and rebellious and testing the the waters. And he's two years and three months old now. So he's doing exactly what he should be doing in terms of the childhood developmental stages. So he's right on track. But as a mom, 
it can be frustrating sometimes, especially when he wants to keep pushing these boundaries. But my sister is like, I really don't want to spank my daughter, but I feel like after a certain point, if timeouts aren't working, I just I don't know anything else. And I was like, that is the problem. You don't know any better. You don't know any other discipline methods. Your job now as the mom is to learn these new skills. Because she had told me, I don't want to spank. And so I told her, don't, that you don't have to. You can learn new skills, but that's on you. You need to go out there and learn new skills. You need to learn how to respond differently. You need to learn how to think and show up differently in these situations. You need to learn new methods. You need to add more tools into your tool belt. If your tool belt is empty, if all you have in your tool belt is to spank, that's all you know how to do. You've got to learn new skills. Same thing applies to weight loss. If all you know is how to restrict and then binge and then beat yourself up in shame just to restrict even more the next day, the next week, whenever you muster up enough courage to get back on track, if those are the only tools, it's your job. It's your responsibility to go out there and find other tools that work for you. And not every tool is going to work for everyone. Some people do really well with certain programs, certain methods, certain philosophies, certain trainings. Like what I teach and and how I coach, I believe can work for everybody. But I still also recognize that maybe not everybody wants to do this work. Can they be successful sticking with a diet? Yeah, two to 4% of the population can be. They can actually make a diet a long-term lifestyle without hating their life. That is possible. They can lose it and keep it off. That is not the vast majority of people, though. And this is what I bring to the table are new tools, new skills, new ways of helping you level up. And it's leveling up your life as a whole, all areas. All right, I've rambled on and gotten a little off topic here, but I think this is important and worth noting. I hope you all have a fabulous week. (laughs) Here's to creating the life and body you crave. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.